Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. I'm preaching a message (laughs) this morning called Charge It to My Account. Charge it. Come on now. Charge it to my account. There are five books in the Bible with a single chapter. They are Second John, Third John, Obadiah, Jude. And the last, of course, someone tell me right now, is the book of Philemon. We're going to draw. Someone said Jeremiah. No, no, they didn't. I just made that up. We're going to draw in our restoration uh, revelation that the Spirit of God's taking us through from the story of Philemon this morning. I will come back at some point to John chapter 11, uh, but I felt really compelled in my heart to go in this direction, Philemon. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn it on and go with me to the book of Philemon, verse number 10. Philemon, verse number 10. Some of you say Philemon. Who says Philemon? Anyone? (laughs) Who says Philemon? Who doesn't know? (laughs) Either's good. Uh, The most commonly used one, of course, is actually Philemon. So we'll go with Philemon, if that's okay. So all you Philemon people, I still do love you. (laughs) Philemon verse 10. Paul's writing and he says, I appeal to you for my son Anisimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him. That is my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. Verse 15, for perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother. Can you say amen? Especially to me, but how much more to you, both in flesh and in the Lord. Just two more verses or three. And then you count me as a partner, receive him. Uh, if then, excuse me, you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. Verse 18, but if he has wronged you in any way, amen, <laughs> or owes you anything, charge it. Come on, church, charge it to my account. Last verse. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay. Not to mention to you that you owe me. (laughs) He's very smart, the Apostle Paul. Not to mention (laughs) (laughs) that you owe me even your own self besides. This is Paul's shortest epistle. Short in words, but strong in witness. 
Paul at the time, this was one of the prison epistles, was under house arrest in Rome. His friend Philemon, who he writes the letter to, is in the city of Colossae. So you're talking thousand plus kilometres. And Paul writes this letter to Philemon and they have a human link. The human link is that Paul had met a runaway slave by the name of Onesimus. That slave served under Philemon. The details are not clear as to why Onesimus ran. Many Bible commentators agree that he had robbed his master, Philemon, fled to Rome, hoping to be swallowed up in this crowded metropolis. And because of Paul's unique imprisonment under house arrest, Acts chapter 28 teaches us that even though Paul was in chains, he still had a steady stream of visitors and he was able to continue to preach and teach the Word of God and he did this for two years. Side note, restriction should not stop us from advancing the Gospel. If you come under restriction, we are not under that. Come on, we are free in Jesus' Name. So here's the runaway slave, Onesimus. Here he is in this metropolis, Rome, the capital of the known world, hiding, trying to get by day to day. And perhaps one day he was walking the streets of Rome and he heard about a man by the name of the Apostle Paul. Perhaps there was a crowd of people around the home where Paul was under house arrest, listening to the Gospel. And I can imagine Anisimus being surprised that a man <laughs> who is in chains is talking about freedom. I can imagine that the Apostle Paul perhaps may have been sharing his testimony at the time and talking about the Damascus Road and how he was on his way to kill, to persecute Christians, to put Christians into jail. And he had a supernatural encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and his life was changed forever. And in that moment, something happened in the heart of this runaway slave, Onesimus. He has an experience with God in his heart. And you heard Pastor Jackson quote this verse in our prayer meeting this morning at 9am. And Pastor Jackson says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Maybe in Onesimus' heart, he heard the knock of the Lord Jesus Christ on his heart. And on that day, Onesimus gave his heart and surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. An interesting paradox shouts at us. The one who was bound led the one who was free to Jesus. Paul and Onesimus become friends. There's a Holy Spirit bond 
that's ignited between these two men, a brother to brother relationship. Paul asks Anisimus, Anisimus, tell me your story. Where are you from? He says, I'm from the city of Colossae, which uh, is modern day Turkey. And Paul says, there's a church in that city. It's a church I planted. And there's somebody that I know there. His name is Philemon. And in that moment, Anisimus says to Paul, I am his runaway slave. Paul, in that moment, realises that yes, he's been restored to his relationship with his father, but he must be restored to a broken and a damaged relationship. And Paul begins to speak into his life and maybe Paul quotes 2 Corinthians 5.17 and says to him, Anisimus, if any of us be in Christ, we are new creations. All things have passed away and all things become new. And Paul postures himself on behalf of this runaway slave. And he says to him, Anisimus, I'm going to mediate the restoration between you and your slave master, Philemon. Now I know it's hard to talk about slavery this morning and we will see how God deals with that as the chapter unfolds. But we see the heart of God in the Apostle Paul for a man who's been sold into slavery and Paul says, I will support you, I will stand by your side and I will speak on your behalf. And in fact, Paul says, I will take the side of the one who's been operating in the wrong. Paul writes to Philemon and he says to him in verse 10, he says, I appeal to you, not for the slave. Come on, church. He says, I appeal to you, I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male or female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. In this one verse, the Apostle Paul calls him his son and he says, I've become his father in the faith. He establishes his identity, security, acceptance and worth. Whew. What an encounter it must have been between the prisoner and the slave. And this prisoner-slave relationship became spiritually a father-son relationship. In the Greek of verse 10, 
Uh, Jamie, if you could just put verse 10 up again. Uh, you see that it says, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus. Notice the placement of his name. I think this is uh, New, King, New King James, I think. He says, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, but in the original language, in the Greek, and you see this in the Young's literal translation, translation Onesimus' name is actually listed last. Stay with me now. And you see this of all translations <laughs> that gives us a picture of the literal translation. It's the passion. And the passion says in verse 10 of this verse, it is on, my, on behalf of my child whose spiritual father I became while here in prison. That is Onesimus. So Paul, excuse me, uh, uh, Philemon is reading this letter. Spiritual child, spiritual father, who could it be? And then all of a sudden Paul drops a bomb on him and says, it's your runaway slave, Onesimus. Here's the point. Paul establishes his position before he declares his name. You may have a damaged reputation in certain circles. There are certain relationships that perhaps your heart aches that things would be okay. But when God defines you, He establishes your position first and foremost. You are my son. You are my daughter. And in you. Come on, this is good preaching this morning. And I love you. And I want to bless you. And I want to help you. Three things this morning from the passage that we read. Let me have a glass of water. Because my voice is getting very deep for some reason. <laughs> Man, this is a good message this morning. Number one, there is life after disgrace. Have you ever been disgraced by people? Things they said about you? But here's the big one. You ran away and you did some wrong things. I want you to know that the grace of God reaches out to you today and you are not damaged goods. You thought that God was done with you. Someone who's watching online, you thought that it's all over and you've fallen into the place of disregard. There is life after disgrace. And in Christianity, we call it another chance. And then after that, we call it another chance. And then after that, we call it another chance because Proverbs chapter 4, 24 verse 16 says, a righteous man may fall seven times, yet will he rise again. The good news is this morning is that grace pulls you out of disgrace. God's restorative power is so amazing that He can recover restore, watch this, and reinstate. Whew, that's a word right there. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 7 says, this is a word for someone, for your shame 
you shall have double honor. In verse 11 of Philemon, Paul says, <laughs> talking about Onesimus, who once was unprofitable to you. In other words, who knows? Maybe the brother was just a bad worker, had attitude. Instead of starting at 8.30 a.m., he decides to rock up at 9.20 a.m. It just, just wasn't happening. <laughs> Some of your translations, which I kind of find a bit harsh, but uh, it is what it is. Uses the word useless. <laughs> he once was useless to you, but now is profitable to you and to me now. Stay now, because he's like, oh, that's a bit harsh to say that about someone, but come on, there's always Holy Spirit word in this stuff. The name, just, come on, Jamie, you got to leave the verses up for a little bit longer. That's it, let them sit in people's spirit. He was unprofitable. The name, <laughs> Onesimus in the Greek, do you know what his name actually means? It means profitable. When he had his, his encounter with God, he caught up with who he was meant to be. Woo, there you go. And the crisis helped him to recognise his true self. By being introduced to the love of God, Onesimus is introduced to himself. You will never know who you truly are without an experience with God's love. And in experiencing the love of God, the man who was unsure who he was, went back to Philemon, absolutely sure of who he is. Amen. There's life after disgrace. The grace of God is on your side. Number two, God, this is kind of one of those longer points. I tried to shorten it. I worked hard on shortening it. Just didn't work. So please just do your best to type. <laughs> God is in control, comma, even in the most difficult experiences of life. It is so true. God is in control even in the most difficult experiences of life. Now, you and I know that when you're going through a difficult experience, <laughs> where are you, Lord? <laughs> you said that your name is Emmanuel, God with us. <laughs> and it's harsh, it's, it's difficult. But I'm going to show you the providence of God in all of this. And one person described the providence of God like a Hebrew word. It can only be read backwards. <laughs> Difficult to see in the time. But yes, the Lord is at work. The book of Esther is the only book in the Bible where the name of God is not mentioned, yet His fingerprints are all over the story. Amen. In Philemon chapter 15, Paul refers to the providence of God in this situation. He says, for perhaps, <laughs> just maybe, maybe it happened in this way. He departed for a while for this purpose. Maybe just in the providence of God, 
he decided to run away. But in it all, the wonderful, incredible, amazing, sovereign God was at work in the situation, connecting Anisimus to the Apostle Paul. And God constructed His plan in spite of, through and above human events and circumstances. Maybe Anisimus had to go to Rome to meet the Apostle Paul. Perhaps, just perhaps. Verse 16 says, no longer as a slave. See, he's appealing to Philemon and he says, now this is how I want you to receive him when he comes back. He says, no longer as a slave. Come on, you're doing okay this morning. Those masks aren't making you faint, are they? Just, just pretend you're getting a drink of water. There you go. Oh, breathe. Amen. <laughs> Come on. Verse 16. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave. He came as a slave. Paul reveals a powerful truth. He's a dear brother. He's very dear to me, <laughs> but even dearer to you both as a fellow man. And watch this, he says, Philemon, he's actually your brother in the Lord. Nisimus is your brother. You've heard of the prodigal son. This is the story of the prodigal brother. Whew. He left for Rome a slave but he would return to Colossae, a brother. How gracious is our God to rule and overrule in these affairs. Let's keep going. Number three, the account has been settled. Charge it to my account. Uh, we see here the doctrine of the believer's identification with Christ beautifully portrayed in this story. Watch what Paul says to Philemon about Onesimus in verse number 12. He says, I am sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is my own heart. Paul is not a detached arbitrator. Paul himself could not leave Rome and go to Colossae, but he said, I'm sending Onesimus as my personal representative. He's a brother in the Lord. In other words, Paul saying to him, the way you treat Onesimus is the way you are treating me. Paul goes on to say in verse 17, if then you count me as a partner, everyone say the word receive. Paul says, receive him as you would me. This word receive in the Greek literally means to receive into one's family circle. He ran away as a slave. Paul declares him to be a brother. And Paul now takes it to the next level and says, treat him as you would one of your own family, one of your own sons. Imagine a slave entering his master's family. 
But imagine a guilty sinner entering God's family. In verse 18, Paul says, If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay. This is the first IOU in in history. Here's an IOU. Paul says, this part, I'm writing with my own hand. More than likely it was Timothy who was writing the letter. Paul says, this part, I'm gonna write, placing him under legal obligation to his commitment. I know someone else who wrote all over humanity with his hand, placed him under legal obligation to meet his commitment. His name is Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, I'm his intercessor. I'm His advocate. But now, Philemon, I've become Onesimus' account. Whatever He owes you, charge it to me. Paul is saying, I'm willing to step into His shoes. I'm the one who's willing to be the guilty party so that Onesimus, come on church, so that Onesimus can walk free. Jesus took our charges on Calvary. Wonderful Jesus. Thanks, Stacey, the team. Uh, you are worthy of it all. That, that chorus, yeah, that was awesome. Jesus took our charges on Calvary. Suffered the penalty that you and I today could be free. Paul is accepting full financial liability for anything that Onesimus might owe to Philemon. Isaiah 53 verse 5, Amen. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. By His stripes we are healed. Your sin And whatever is owed has been put onto Christ's account. And His righteousness was put into our account. So the devil cannot charge you or accuse you of anything because it's already been paid. He restores what's been stolen. He heals what's been broken and He redeems what's been lost. Have you ever owed anyone anything? I have. I'm gonna tell you about my Acer laptop that I got when I was 23, when I became a youth pastor. This Acer laptop man, Mr. Koo, that was his name. He had heaps of laptops, obsessed with computers. And he bought this new butte, brand new, back in the day, slimline Acer laptop. I would hang out with Mr. Koo periodically. He'd 
fix all our church computers, fix my computer. You know, back in the day, just viruses, man. <laughs> and Alison and I had just been married. Alison was at university. I was a youth pastor, earning less than a McDonald's worker, doing our best. <laughs> and Mr. Koo said to me one day, hey Brad, you know that laptop? I really think it'll help your youth ministry. I'd love to sell it to you. The shine of the silver laptop got me good. <laughs> and he said, I'll sell it to you for 1500 bucks. I did not speak to Holy Spirit number two <laughs> and just made the decision. <laughs> and I owed as a youth pastor, <laughs> university student, Mr. Koo, 1500 bucks. <laughs> I didn't know how I was gonna pay him back. And little by little, man, it weighed on me. Remember going to bed thinking, I owe. I owe, I owe. Week after that, I just hope he wasn't coming to church so I didn't have to see him. Come on, somebody. Oh, I just felt really condemned there all of a sudden then. <laughs> owed him, owed him, owed him. Eventually I got it to him. And I tell you, that last instalment was so freeing. <laughs> If you think that you owe God something, that you owe Him some kind of expression in life, there's a debt that you need to pay. The story of Onesimus, Philemon and Paul is to there to show us, is there to show us a picture of the price that has been paid on your behalf even when you did not deserve it and you will not go back a slave, you'll go back a son and a brother and a family member of the house of God. Wonderful, 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 wonderful Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise in the house this morning. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Wonderful Jesus. What a story. Have you ever heard of Toys R Us? Come on, someone. Oh, we're going to change it this morning. They are us. It's your story. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.